Father, we're not here just because it's Wednesday night. We're here because we need to hear from you. We need your word, Father, to be imparted to our lives. I thank you, Father, that you speak by your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that we hear what your Holy Spirit is speaking to us, that our ears, Father, are awake, alive, and alert, Father, to hear your word. We thank you that our heart is good ground to receive what you're speaking and sharing with us. I thank you, Father, that we are discerners of the truth of the word of God. We're discerners of your wisdom. We're discerners of your voice. And I thank you, Father, that you lead us and guide us and direct us, just as you have all the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament, Father, and to the church where we find ourselves today. We thank you for your direction, Father, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God's good, huh? All the time. I want to share a word just uh, just with you tonight, and I, and I it's not because we, we read through the Bible every year and you run across this scripture and you start talking about it or preaching about it, but in Deuteronomy, if you want to turn there, it's chapter 30, starts in verse 19. The name of the message or the, or the title for this message is Choose Wisely, and I think we're in a place in our lives that, that, that we really truly need to pay attention because we have all known somebody, say not me. <laughs> Not me, but we know people who have not chosen wisely. Now think about those situations. Think about those instances. Maybe they're uh, one of your children. Maybe they're a friend that you know. They have come and told you something crazy that they're about to do. Or you've watched them make a choice that you know is not the right choice. And you, from your position, from your perspective, you understand and know this is bound to end in disaster. You know, and you have even told your children, as I have mine, trust me, I know more than you know. And hopefully, as we raise them, they realize that that's the truth, and they begin to not just listen to what we say and blindly obey, but understand that you are speaking to them wisdom. Now, I'll lead you along in this a little bit, because we all, we all understand that as parents, we're a, lot more, we're a lot more wise than most of our children. And so we realize that when our children ask us questions, when our children ask us direction, when our children have choices to make, we as their parents, we try to give them all of our wisdom. Do we hold any back? Do we, do, do we, do we say, yeah, I'm going to trick this one? You know, the other ones I told the truth, this one I'm going to lie to a little bit because this one gets under my skin. See, I mean, we don't do that. When our children come and they begin to ask us these things, we begin to pour out our heart because we love them and we want the best for them. And so we give them every bit of our wisdom. Sometimes we give them a piece of our mind too along the way, but we are trying to, at the best of our ability, give them our wisdom. Why? Because they need it. They need the direction. They need the wisdom. But you have found in your life, I'm sure with your children, and we don't have to think about ourselves when we were kids because we were never like this. We listened to everything that our parents told us, and we just did it because it was the wise thing to do. But but see, we now as parents, we know that that's the truth. But we understand that our children are probably going to do some things. Maybe not your children, maybe it's a niece or a nephew, or maybe it's just a friend, or maybe that's somebody that you feel like you've been put into position, you know more than they do in this situation, they've come to you, they've asked your advice, and you've poured out your advice into their life, and they haven't listened. And they've walked blindly down some, some alley, they've fallen off some cliff, or something's happened to them in their, in, in their life. Your children have had problems, and we've been right there to what? Help them and to rescue them, scoop them back up and do all those kind of things. But what I want to see today is we have the same opportunities with our Father that we would say that our children have with us. 
that when our children come to us, and if we understand it this way, we, we start to get and gain the wisdom and the knowledge of, of, of the Father that we have in heaven. The fact that, that if we have a child that comes and asks us, we pour out our very best wisdom, we don't hold anything back. So then who are we in this world to think that when we come to our Father and we ask Him a question, He will hold anything back? Would we do that? He even says that, right? In Matthew, if, if, you, if a child would ask you for, for food, would you give them a rock? No. How much more do I love you, He said. That if you would ask, I would not give you. So in our lives, I think where we have to, we have to get to is, is the fact that we understand we're being told and shown and directed in wisdom, then we have to have the fortitude, we have to have the courage and the boldness then to step out in that wisdom. That's why the, the name of the title or the message or whatever is Choose Wisely. Because I believe that God is pouring out his wisdom into our lives, and I believe that we as believers have to understand there is a wise decision to make. But you know very well, You know just as well as I do that people know the truth but are choosing the wrong thing because we've all done it. We don't know it because our neighbor just did it. We don't know it because our spouse or whatever. We know it because in our own lives we know that we have known the truth, we have understood what God was speaking to us and showing us, yet we've done something different. You learn from your mistakes, you ask forgiveness, and you move on. Yes, 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 of course. But what about if we can really truly stay ahead of the game and just choose wisely all the time? I mean, that was, the whole, that was the whole idea of giving us the word of God, of pouring it out here in written form and really, truly sending the Holy Spirit to be a part and alive in our lives so that we could walk our life on this earth as Jesus did. Did Jesus ever make a mistake? No. Now, he has given us those same abilities that he has had in this earth. So, now listen, it's a stretch. Okay. I won't say, will you never make another mistake, but I will say this. Do we have the opportunity as believers to walk on this earth as Jesus walked? Mm-hmm. Now, did he make a mistake? No. So then if we follow that logic, then do we have the ability on this earth to walk without making those kind of mistakes again in our life? Sure. Do we believe or have the faith to believe that, that that's going to happen? You know, I'd like to say that I could. I'd like to say that it's possible but I, I, I know that I'll make a mistake down the road somewhere. I've taught this and preached this and shared this forever. Could you go a minute without sinning? Could you go a minute with doing everything that God is asking you to do? Could you go a minute walking and being all that God created you to walk in and be? Yeah. Well, then this is how we live our life, minute by minute. Now, I know that's a stretch, and I know that's, 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 that's a growing moment, in, but that's a goal. It may not be what's going on right now in our lives, but that's a goal, that tomorrow we, we grow and we walk in his wisdom more than we did today. Why? One, because I know more wisdom tomorrow than I know today. So we're, we're, we're really truly trusting that we as believers are growing and gaining in the wisdom of his word and in the wisdom of his Holy Spirit. Now, that's important. See, we, we, we don't get to a point where we stop growing. We don't get to a point where we stop knowing. We don't get to a point where we stop learning. We continue to grow day by day in the things that God has for us in his word and what his Holy Spirit is speaking and showing us. And the other side of that coin is, as we progress in him, we become more and more obedient to the cause that Christ has given us in our life. That each day there's a little less of us and a little bit more of him. And then as we go that way, I promise you, 
as you put, in, put, put that forth as a goal in your life to become more like Christ tomorrow, to understand and know him more, but yet to follow him and be obedient more than you were today, you'll begin to walk wisely. And begin to, it says in Joshua, not just, like it says in Joshua, meditate the word, speak the word, and, and act and live the word. You'll make your way prosperous and have good success. If you look in the Amplified, it says, you'll be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. Not just be prosperous and have good success, like it says in Joshua 1.9 as you go through there. If you look in the Amplified Bible, it says that if you'll meditate the Word of God, you'll speak the Word of God, and you'll live or act out in, in, be, in the Word of God, living it in this earth will be part of who you are, you will be able to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. How would you like to have the answer to every question? Every question that you face, every question that you have, every opportunity that you face, we all make decisions all day long. I think one of the biggest obstacles in the lives of believers who understand the word and who know what God is speaking to them, the biggest obstacle I think that we face many times is having to make the correct decision. And it's not because we don't want to go with what we have in our heart. It's because we begin to get our mind involved and we begin to rationalize. Is it really God? Is it not God? I thought it was God, but now I don't know if it's God. I know, that, I know this is true. I was at the gym last night, and I was, I was working out and doing my thing, and I, I, I hear from God at the gym. So I got people who tell me, you know, don't go, go do this instead. Go to, I tell them, I, I, I got to go. I got to go, and I got to put my headphones on because that, that's, I, I, I hear from God when I'm there. And so for like the 45 minutes that I was doing all that, then the extra nine minutes in the tanning booth, because, you know, tan fat looks better than white fat. So... <laughs> It's just, a, it's the truth. <laughs> you look skinnier tan than you do, but just plum white. So, uh, you know, but, you know, the, for the, all that time, how many, <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> Wife and ask you, yeah, it's, you can't blot out the mind's eye, can you? You'll never be able to unsee that <laughs> up here. Oh, I'm totally clothed. It's just my face. So. <laughs> Even worse. But here's the thing. As soon as you go from that moment where you feel like you understand and know what that is to the moment when you have to begin to implement it or begin to talk about it or begin to make the right decisions or begin to go that direction, we're faced with and bombarded with all of the things that don't make sense to our head. You're no different than I am and I'm no different than you are. But in those moments, and as I got ready, I mean, I was all stoked up, had a whole list of things. I begin to type, I mean, I type stuff on my phone while I'm working. I mean, I do all that kind of stuff so I can keep track of them. So I don't, you know, just like I've told you, you don't want to forget them. So you write them down. So I'm, I type them out on my thing. I've got all that stuff. And, and, but I'm in, see, I'm in the presence of God. If you want to know where that is, it's on the Stairmaster at International right there in front of them where they're playing racquetball. But anyway, when you leave that 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 place or wherever that is where he's pouring his goodness and he's pouring his wisdom into your life and then you begin to go outside those doors and you have to implement all that you have to make decisions you have you have to at that point really truly face yourself in the direction that he asked you to go whether it's just talk to somebody or whether it's really truly go home now and investigate what he said to you, whether it's share it with the person around the corner or begin to implement the plan that he gave you while you were standing there and you know very well and good that was the wisdom of God. But then when you walk out those doors, you're bombarded with 
See, you're bombarded with our own reasoning. And now I've got to start making all these decisions. And now I begin to talk myself out of, well, that really, I was so jumping up and down and excited, I thought that the tanning booth was going to tip over. At one point, I did finally open my eyes and look back, and I'd knocked one of the doors open. So, you know, they're tight. They're very small. It's not me being big. It's them being really small and tiny. But anyway, you know, you got to shut that because you start getting a cold. You get a breeze. But, you know, it's, it was exciting. But then when you walk out, see, it's no different than you. You're going to hear from God. But then when you go out and you face life, are you going to choose wisely? See, because the wisdom of God doesn't change. What he told you in that moment, what he showed you in that moment, when you asked him and he responded to you, whether it be through a dream like we talked about Sunday or a vision or his word or the written word or whatever that might be, as he responds to you, his wisdom doesn't change. But our response to that wisdom can change. You're totally in agreement in your prayer closet. You're totally in agreement with God. Say what God said. You're willing to make the decision or make the choice to opt to go that direction, to say, forget me, it's all about you. We're willing to do that when we're all alone in our closet, when we're all alone in worship in our chair over here in the corner or wherever that might be. But it's when we're bombarded by the decisions of life and do we really truly believe it? Do we really truly want to act on it now that all of a sudden the repercussions are all there? It says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, it says, I've placed before you, it says, I've called heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you today life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, it says, actually, not only will I tell you you have A or B, I'll actually to tell you, choose the right one. I've set before you life and death. Now do what? Choose life. I've set before you blessing and cursing. Which one are you going to choose? I'm going to choose life. So in that moment, the wisdom doesn't change. The wisdom hasn't changed from the time this was spoken to the end of the word until the Holy Spirit came, begins to speak to you today. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, when he shows you something, when he tells you those things to come, like it says in John 16, 13, he is telling you the wisdom and the truth of God. It is life to you. Choose that. But, don't say but. Everybody's got a but. They're all stinky. They don't, it's, it does not work. Okay, not But. Your but in your situation doesn't change the wisdom of God. But the wisdom of God will change your but in the situation. It will. It will change you. But you have to choose it just like I have to choose it. Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 17. I'll tell you, there's always a wise decision. We just have to understand and know what that is. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Keep going. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise. Say that. Do not be unwise. But understand what the will of the Lord is. It's important. That tells me that if I don't know the will of the Lord, I'm going to be walking unwisely. That also tells me that the will of the Lord then is wisdom for me. Then if I can understand, that's why we always talk about know the purpose, know the plan, understand the will of God for your life. Why? Because that's wisdom. That's where wisdom lies. It allows you to walk wisely in this earth. If you look at it in the New American Standard Bible, it says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time in this earth, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be careless. Be wise. 
follow your heart, follow your spirit. It says in Colossians that God will lead us and guide us by his spirit, and you will know as you follow the peace that resides in your heart. It's not, it's not, it's not crazy visions. It's not, not lightning in the sky that looked like an arrow and pointed south. It was, I mean, it's it, it, those spectacular things that we're always looking for. And, you know, if my dog would tell me what to do, I would surely listen because I know that was God. No, you just got into the neighbor's wine. I mean, that could have been anything. I would check your pipes. You're getting, uh, you know, asphyxiated by the gas. If the dog is talking to you, I, I, I just, you know, maybe it's God, but I don't think so. I don't want to discount it. <laughs> Maisie's wonderful, my dog. It could be. But, you know, I mean, I just, you know, in general. How does he lead us and guide us? By the still small voice on the inside. That's so encouraging, yet so frustrating to each one of us. But what it means is if we can follow that still small voice on the inside of us, if we can understand the leading of the Holy Spirit, if we can understand the green light or the red light, basically, the thing that allows us to say, yes, that's, I, I believe this is God. The thing that says, no, I'm not sure why, but I just don't think this is God. That thing on the inside of you that says, yes, you should do this. Or the thing on the inside of you that says, you know what, for some reason I just don't feel like, I, I just, just doesn't feel comfortable to the inside of me. If we can learn to do that, it means we're being mature. We're following after the word of the Lord. It says in Romans eight fourteen. That really, truly, we call it, or I say, the mature sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. It says the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. It's important. You can be led. We can understand and know. Matthew, it says, chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. We know the scriptures. We've been through them a million times. We understand what it says at the end of that. It says, it says don't worry about tomorrow and what you shall wear, what you shall put on. It goes on, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Don't, I like, don't worry about. Now, that doesn't mean don't make decisions. That doesn't mean don't ask God. That doesn't mean don't be led by the Spirit. That doesn't mean just be like, la, 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 you know. That doesn't mean don't be responsible. That doesn't mean don't follow after what God's speaking. It doesn't mean don't learn what the word is saying. It doesn't mean don't better yourself in your spiritual walk with him. It doesn't mean don't grow closer with him. It doesn't mean just throw flowers. It doesn't mean that. It means when you're faced with situations and you're faced with circumstances, don't worry about what the outcome is. Don't worry about what might happen. Trust God that he will be God in your life and he will bring to pass the things in your life that you need to see, that you need to be all that God called you to be and that you will have in your life as you walk forward in him. I'm not looking to the left. I'm not looking to the right. I'm focused on and looking toward Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, like it says in Hebrews chapter 12. This is like a pit stop for us in our messages as we continue on through that book, Sun Stand Still, and talk about it on Sunday morning. He says in Matthew chapter 7 that he wants to pour out his wisdom in our life. If you look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Now, how that happens in your life, be open to God revealing it to you how he reveals it to you. One of the biggest questions of believers as they come and share with, with pastors or they share with us, I, I, I want to hear what God's saying to me. I, and, and we're, I, I want to I hear his voice. I want to know what he's sharing and what he's telling me. And really, truly, I believe that he speaks to us and he shows us and he leads us and he guides us by his Holy Spirit in this world in which we live today. 
Like I said on Sunday, it's not a big audible voice all the time. Okay? More than likely to be a still small voice on the inside of you. It'll just be something on the inside of you. You sense this is God telling you this direction. You sense God telling you this direction. Be open in your life, like we said, for dreams and visions. Be open for God to talk to you when you're watching movies. Be open to God to show you things that nobody else has seen in different areas and different places. He begins to reveal direction. He begins to reveal his word to us. He begins to open it up as we ask and seek and as we knock. That's where he begins if you go on there and says, Am I not more in love with you than you would be with your own children? That if your children asked you, for food, you would give them a fish and not a rock, then why would you think that I, as your heavenly Father, would give you something other than what you ask for and what you need? That scripture goes on and begins to say that. In James 1.5, it says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Doesn't give to one person and not the other. Doesn't give to the guys and not the gals. Doesn't give to the women and not the men, women. (laughs) but many times men listen because they know more than we do lots of times. It says, who gives liberally to all without reproach. It says, let him ask and it will be given to him. That God's a giver of good gifts. Do you believe that? God's a giver of wisdom. Do you believe that? But it goes on then, and it begins to, it begins to caution us that as we ask and as he begins to pour out, he says, don't begin to doubt. Don't begin to go left and right. Don't begin to get wishy-washy. Not only will you be able to ask for wisdom, but I will pour out wisdom to you. But here is the caution that's somewhat of what I cautioned in the beginning. It says, but let him ask in faith with what? No doubting. See, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. That you become double-minded and you become unstable. What did I say happens in those moments where you're beginning to hear from God or he's beginning to show you something, whether it be in a song or a dream or a video or a movie or whatever that might be. In this place tonight, you know this is God sharing or speaking to you an answer to a question that you have asked. Yet when we go out into the world, we're faced with all the situations. And I said, what is one of the biggest obstacles? It's in those moments where we have to decide, is that true or not? Because of situations and things that we see, that we feel, and that we face. And what happens? We begin to reason in our own mind. And when you begin to reason in your own mind, you've entered into what? Doubt. And what it comes out of. And I'm only saying this because I've seen too many believers over the last six, eight, just become tormented. Become tormented. Wonderful people who love God and who want to serve God and follow after him, but yet become tormented in their mind, not sure what God's saying and where they're supposed to go and what they're supposed to do. God is not one who drives us and who changes things on us and who takes us left and then right and then left and then right and then back and then forward. God is not the one who causes confusion in your life. God is not the one who brings strife in your life. God is not the one who brings stress into your existence in this earth. It's this point when we won't listen to the wisdom of God and what he has shared with us or what he has shown us it's in this point where we stop searching after seeking after asking for his wisdom and his goodness to be poured into our life when we stop living after the wisdom that he's given us we enter into this it's true we enter into this place where it says but let him ask in faith because in faith it's a place where there's absolutely no doubt But where doubt creeps in, faith leaves. Give me that. I'm going to smash that. 
where doubt enters in, faith begins to leave. Because it says, at least it's not Priscilla, but she's checking hers right now. She knows. Doubt, it says, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, tossed and driven by the wind. And what's the next part, Sandy, as you go? It says, for let not that man suppose that he will do what? Receive anything from the Lord. It's harsh. Don't stop seeking the wisdom of God, yet when you receive the wisdom of God, go with it. Choose wisely. Because when you don't, doubt begins to enter in. And when doubt begins to enter in, you're like the wave tossed left and right. And let that man not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. And why do you get discouraged? Because you're not seeing what God told you, but you don't even know if it's God anymore because you're so confused. The wisdom of God doesn't confuse. It enlightens. It goes on then and says, for that man is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. It's a process. And you'll see some of the most stable well-meaning, well-believing believers in this, I mean, they know the word, they know what God is saying, but when they begin to enter into this wishy-washy place of doubt, begin to question, is it God, is it not God? I'm not sure what I should do. And then you say, well, you told me last week that was God. Well, I know, but now I'm not sure. God doesn't go changing his mind left and right and around the corner and up and down. What made you say, I'm not sure? Well, stuff I faced. Stuff that happened. Stuff somebody else did. Stuff something I know I can't do. See, all of these things are questions of doubt in your mind unless you repel them. You got to love being in a place where you know, like we've talked about, asking God for the impossible. You got to love being in a place where you know you can't sustain it. That's a great place to be if you'll trust God to sustain it. But if you'll try to figure it out, that's where you'll find yourself. Live in the moment, moment by moment, in the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. Trusting Him to take care of. Trusting Him to take care of all of your needs, all of your direction, opening the doors for you, making the way for you. Now, in the natural, that seems spooky. That's why we cling to it. I mean, that, that's why we cling to up here. Because it, uh, seems, that seems kind of seems out there. But I am telling you. I'm telling you. If you don't go out here where faith is. See, if we don't go out here where the wisdom of God is. We're going to be in trouble. Because the world is a mess. And really, truly, I'm telling you. You cannot count on the government. You cannot count on the county. You can't count on the city. You can't count on the... You count on God. I mean, you can't, you can, you know, you, you, you got you to count on God. We are all in a place where we need to count on him. And his wisdom, his wisdom is paramount in our lives. We've got to have it. We can't go on without it. It says in John 10, you'll know his voice. It says his sheep know his voice. And the voice of a stranger, they won't. They, they won't follow. That they'll go after his voice. And I have to tell you this, there's a wise decision for everything that you face. You may not like it. How many times have you given somebody that? Your children didn't like it. But you knew what was wise. Whether they made it or not, you know, but you knew, you knew that was wisdom that you were giving it. They may just may not have liked it so much. 
But what was best for them to do? I'm setting you up. See, what was best for them to do? Follow your voice. Follow your wisdom. Heed it. But I don't like it. And your kid says that. I don't want to do that. Does that change the wisdom? Did you say, oh, well, okay. Go, go ahead then. If you don't like to do that. You don't like to do what's right. You don't like the wisdom. See, we don't, we, as parents, we know better. But we've got to realize, in this relationship we're in with Christ, we're not parents. <laughs> we're the children. And it says in the Word, and we all hoot and holler about this one, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they become old, they will not depart from it. Amen, Pastor. I believe that. See, and even if your kid went the wrong way, we still quote that because we trained them up in the way that they should go. When they've gone a different direction, that, man, that's going to come back. God's word does not return void. We speak all that stuff over it. But now what we have to understand is, in this relationship we have with Jesus Christ, we are the children that he is raising up in the way that we should go. So that as we grow older and as we mature, we will not, what, depart from it. That the wisdom of God will be ingrained on the inside of us. That we may not have the wisdom for tomorrow, next week, or next month, but we have the wisdom of God for today, for what he has shown us and how he has brought us to this place. And we have to trust him that as we grow in him, just as our own children have grown. Your kids have been 4 years old, 10 years old, 15 years old, and 25 years old. Have you ever stopped giving them wisdom when they asked? No. So then why would we believe that God would not give us wisdom as we continue? Oh, I've been saved a long time. I should be able to figure it out. Holy heck. What are you talking about? You got a God who wants to give you the truth. Huh? I'm 45. My mom still wants to give me wisdom all the time. About everything. Whether I ask or not. She's right there because she loves me. She wants to pour it out in my life. Now, is God not love us more? See, then your mama or your daddy loves you. He does. And he wants nothing more than you and I want for our children. He wants nothing more than for us to follow after the wisdom that he is trying to impart to us. He wants nothing more than for us to choose wisely. Boy, as a parent, doesn't it just hurt you when they have all the truth, they have all the knowledge, they have all the wisdom that you've poured into them and others and they've given it to them and yet they make the wrong choice. Doesn't that just hurt your heart? You still love them, you still care about them, you still help them, you still reach out to them and do all those kind of things. But there's something about that. Why? Because you love them so much. See, he loves us that much that he'll pour it out to us. He loves us that, that, that much that he would send out the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to us and show us what? Things to come. In Proverbs, if you read this, and, and we don't have to read the whole story now, in Proverbs chapter 7, you can go back and read this. We have to learn to listen to his truth, listen to his direction. There are lots of good paths in your life. But what is the God path? See, there are lots of ways to get to Indianapolis. But what's the best way for you to get to Indianapolis? And you can go 65, you can go 52. If you're really bored, you can take country roads. If you live in Attica, you can go this direction. See, there's, there's, all, kinds of, there's all kinds of adequate paths. But what is the good path? When my daughter goes, she goes back and forth. And I always tell her, honey, go 52, please. Just go 52. From here to Lebanon, from Lebanon to here, just go 52, please. 
I'm your daddy, I love you, and I would just prefer that you do that. Now, for her, that's wisdom. Now, whether she does that or not, I, you know, how, who am I to know? I believe she's a wise little girl and will follow her daddy's advice and <clears throat> do what I say. <clears throat> it's just better that way, just to believe it and keep going. <clears throat> but, see, when, when, when you're presented with all those different opportunities... Yet your father gave you wisdom and said this would probably be the wise thing for you to do. She, she chooses to do that wise thing because she trusts us. She trusts me as her daddy that I'm not going to tell her something. She knows that it's probably faster to go another way. She knows that 65 is a faster way, especially from our house. 65 is much faster than 52. She's going to lose 10 or 15 minutes in her journey if she goes that direction. But she knows what my wisdom is. And she knows what I would prefer she do. And so I'm telling you. I, she, she goes 52. And I know that because she told grandma the other day, this is the place where I start crying when I'm going back to school. This was early in the semester when she was really sad to go home all the time. She told grandma, that, does that not just break your heart? Yeah, grandma, this is about where I start crying. So thanks for telling me, mom. She said, well, I couldn't hold that one to myself. I had to let other people be. I mean, that was, that was killing me, she said. <laughs> just out past Wainwright somewhere, and she cried all the way to Indy, you know, for like the first two or three months when she'd have to go home. She just punished herself. She would come home for like birthday parties and fun stuff, and then she'd have to leave in the middle to go back to school, and then she wondered why she cried halfway back. But Grandma couldn't hold on to that herself. She had to burden me with that same thought. But she, drive, but she does that. See, but, but how many of us are, are, are in this particular situation, and God tells us, you know what I want you to do? I'd like you to drive 52. Choose wisely. God, I need your wisdom. I need your direction. Well, I want you to drive 52 to Indianapolis. And immediately we say what? But from my house, 65 is so much faster. But daddy, 65, I I mean, I can get there faster. It's going to take me longer. I said, but I would prefer, and I believe it's safer, and I believe it's more wise for you to take 52. Would you just please do that for me? Past reasoning, past doubt, past being driven left and right to just say, okay, daddy, I'll do that. See, because once you begin, once you begin to get to a place where you hear the wisdom yet do something else, then you become unstable and double-minded. You're walking in doubt and not faith. Let that man not believe or think that he should receive anything from the Lord. And then in six months later, we're saying, well, I just don't understand why I'm so confused and God doesn't talk to me. Because somewhere along the way, one, we stopped asking for his wisdom, or two, we began to receive his wisdom, yet we didn't act on his wisdom. And when you begin to do that, we begin to put ourselves in doubt and not faith. And it really, that is a difficult place for us to be as believers. And just as your own children are our own children, begin to almost tie our hands in those situations, and we want to help, but we can't because they've made these choices that they're not, the wisdom, they're not wisdom, they're not what you told us to do, but we, I can't intervene. As your kids get older, you begin to tell them those kind of things. Let me just tell you, as I sat Daniel down at 18 years old, you're 18 years old, the world is different now. At 17, there's heinous things that go on and stuff that happens, but you're still 17. When you turn 18, the world is different. And I'm not saying you have moved out from underneath God's grace, but I will tell you this, you have entered in <laughs> to a new area. And you want to make sure that as you continue to carry yourself in this earth 
as a young man at 18 years old, the consequences are different than they were when you were 17. And you need to be open to what God is speaking to you, and you need to act the way that God would have you act in this world. That's wisdom. That's just pouring out wisdom. That's just pouring out direction. What we do with that is up to us. And I make this point in Proverbs chapter 7. It's a story of a young man who's deceived by a harlot. And if you read the whole story, and we're not going to go back and read all the verses, and, and we're not going to go through all that. I'll just kind of preface the whole thing. It's, in, it's like chapter, chapter 7, verse 6 through 20-sums, 3, 4, somewhere in there. And it's the story from a perspective. And Solomon writes about wisdom. All through Proverbs, he says what? Get wisdom, get understanding, get direction. Why? Because it's health to your life. I mean, it's, you know. So in this particular story, it's a, it's a person who's looking down into the street from the window behind the lattice and sees this happening and sees this go on. Just like many of us do with friends or relatives or children or whatever that might be. That you see the danger coming and you want to scream out, don't, 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 don't do that. And it just says this young man who was just kind of having a good time and wandering around doing his own thing, and he's met by the harlot. And the whole scenario from beginning to end, from the person standing up looking down on it, understands and knows this is disaster for this young man. That it's obvious to all who are looking from this perspective that that is not wisdom, that is not the direction to go, that the harlot is going to bring you to a place of death in your life. Yet then in this story, he's just taken and eventually wooed and eventually bedded and then eventually slayed. And what we fail to, I think, see in our own lives many times is that we're that young man as we walk with the wisdom of God and then we part ways with the wisdom of God and we begin to play in the other direction. It says in James, let not that man think that he would receive anything from God. As we part ways with the wisdom of God. We're playing a real precarious game. Don't ever stop asking for direction. Don't ever stop asking for wisdom. Don't stop ever pouring through this thing that's the Bible. Don't ever stop reading, understanding, learning. Open yourself up to the truth of the Word of God because it is that revelation of the truth of the Word of God that sets us free. But... When we begin to learn and we begin to get revelation, don't go back on the truth. Don't go back on the wisdom in your life. Don't get confused. Don't enter into doubt. Don't enter into fear. Don't enter into unbelief because those things will make you unstable in all your ways and they'll begin to just absolutely erode the foundation in which you used to stand on. Some of the strongest believers have become such, such many of the most willy-nilly confused people in this earth today. Because they stopped asking for wisdom, entered into pride, or two, began to do something different than what the wisdom of God told them. That's still pride. A haughty spirit comes before destruction. See, pride comes before the fall. Be careful. I would just encourage you today. We said in the beginning, do you believe and understand that God pours out his wisdom to us in this earth today? Yes. I believe that's true. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I believe you are open and you are now. Alive unto Christ. 
you are a candidate to be led by the Spirit of God in your life. His wisdom in this thing, the Bible, can be revealed to you as you continue to read it, understand it, learn it, do all of those things. It doesn't make any sense to me. Keep reading it. Ask God to enlighten you to it as you read it. Don't stop. Keep reading it. Keep learning. But then as you continue to ask for direction, ask for guidance in your life, as people begin to pour that into you, real spiritual truth and spiritual wisdom as it's being poured into your life as god begins to show you things or you hear something i could be teaching about all this stuff tonight you could be hearing something completely different because you need something from the spirit of god today and he is speaking that to you that's why we've said all along of these last bunch of years and forever in this church write those things down man because that those are the things that you stand on that's the truth because when you go out there you get all wishy-washy the wisdom of god doesn't make sense anymore and we can't put ourselves in that position or in that place. There is, a wise, there is a wise direction, and the Holy Spirit will show you what that is. Proverbs 22, 3. And then we'll pray here in just a second. It says, The prudent person sees trouble coming and ducks. In the New King James, or there it is in the message, that's fine. A prudent person sees trouble coming and ducks. A simpleton walks in blindly and is clobbered. The prudent person is wise or judicious in practical affairs. The simple person is unlearned, ignorant, lacking mental acuteness or sense, unsophisticated. Have you ever said, I should have seen that coming? Oh, I should have seen that coming. Or this is, this is even worse. I knew that was going to happen. Then why did you do it? I couldn't help myself. <laughs> That's what we say. Now, this doesn't line up necessarily with the life and death situations and the things that you face, I understand and know. But I, I coached girls golf for all of those 13, 14 years. And I, I mean, it, countless times I would come up and say, what, 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 what was that? What happened? I knew I was going to do that. Then why'd you do that? I knew that wasn't the right club to hit. Then why'd you hit it? I knew it was going to go on the water. Well, then why did you swing? I don't know. I just got nervous. I wasn't sure. I was so scared. I was afraid. I didn't, so, and, uh, Why did you hit your driver? Because that girl did. There have been times I just walked up and took them out of their bag. You cannot control yourself. You cannot carry these. I can't come to all y'all's house and do that. I could do it to the five or six girls that played golf for me. I said, you, lit- you really hit that because that girl did? Did we not, do you not, do we not, do we not just talk about, you just, give me those. I just take them away. What's your favorite one? Seven. Okay, I take everything but that. Just go play with that a lot. You cannot control yourself and you can't make good decisions. Now that'd be nice. But you've got a, you've got a, you've got a, you've got a full bag. You've got a full life. You've got a full, you got full stuff. You, you, you got everything. 
at your disposal. God's going to teach you and lead you and guide you and how you can live your life and how you can use the gifts and the talents and the abilities, the powers and the authority and the dominion that's been placed on the inside of you. He wants to, he wants to get you to a place where you trust his wisdom and you trust his word and you trust his leaning. So you trust his leaning more than you trust anything else that you see. And it's taking you. We're going to talk about this on Sunday. Don't get out of place. The wisdom of God. He he has you in a position or he has you in a place. Don't get out of that place. Nehemiah, they said, come on down to my house. Come on over to my house. You need to come see me. And he said, I am not coming down off of this wall. I'm not coming down. It's important as we begin to talk about the sun stand still prayer that we pray in our life as we ask God to do the impossible, that we, one, have a vision like we talked about on Sunday. And next Sunday, we're going to talk about believing in the impossible means, putting yourself in position, staying in place when it doesn't make sense, doing the ugly things that you hate to do because God said, going down 52 when in your mind and in your heart you think that 65 is a better route, but God said, go down 52, and you're saying, it doesn't make any sense to me, but I will not remove myself from your wisdom. I won't do it. I refuse. I'll do everything else. I'll sacrifice whatever I got to sacrifice. I I, I mean, I'll cry all day if I got to cry all day. But I'm telling you what, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to do what you said. Because your wisdom means more to me than anything else. Because where your wisdom is, is where your provision is. Where your wisdom is, as we heard earlier, is where your will for my life is. And in the middle of your will is where I want to be. I don't want to end up in another place. So I encourage you, implore you probably today don't stop asking God for his wisdom because we serve a God who'll speak he'll show, he'll tell, he'll reveal he does all of that in our lives and the second part of that is do your best to follow after the wisdom of God as he pours it out to you because just as we want good things for our children he wants good things for us and we face an enemy that hates us that wants to kill us, that wants to destroy and steal from us. But I am telling you what, we serve a Jesus who had died on the cross for us to give us abundant life, not to bring sickness, not to bring death, not to bring disease, not to steal, not to kill, not to do bad stuff, but to pour out his life, his love, and his all for you and for me, that he has a great plan, a wisdom, and will for your life. And we can get excited about that. No matter what you face, Don't come down off the wall. Don't remove yourself from the wisdom of God. Amen. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.